0: And welcome to Between the Lines, and I'm Scott. I'm Junior. It and, is you know, Friday. It is Friday, but I, I got to point this out because once again, once again, you were making fun of me. When we started this whole thing, I, I was saying between two lines and you kept making fun of me. Yeah. This is the third time
1: now. That you've said I, between two lines. I blame you because you started it all. But more than that, though, I, there's a lot on my plate here, Dad. I'm trying to <laughs> I'm trying to hold this podcast together. I'm trying to keep you on the right day. You know, yeah,
0: yeah. I couldn't remember what day it was yesterday. <laughs> well, it is Friday today. I do know that. It and we're Friday. gonna finish off uh, Matthew chapter 26. So yes. let's get right into this. We ended up with verse 30 last week. They went out uh, after the Last Supper. They went they to just the got Mano done singing a hymn, and they're out on the Mount of Olives. Mm-hmm. And verse 31, on the way, Jesus told them, tonight all of you will desert me. Wow. Mm. And they did. They did. And, and there's nothing worse was... than that. When you feel deserted by your yeah. friends, that's a deep pain to and feel. Especially during a really tough time, which that's usually when the desertion takes place, yep. when you're going through hardship. And so he says, tonight you're going to desert me. For the scriptures say, this is the prophecy, God will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. And verse 32. But after I've been... Raised from the dead, I will go ahead of you to Galilee and meet you there. So even though you've deserted me, I'm, I'm sticking with you. And what a great promise that is because yeah. I know that I'm not always faithful, but he is always faithful to me. That's beautiful. Peter declared, even if everyone else deserts you, I will never desert you. That's right. Get him, Peter. <laughs> Jesus replied, i tell you the truth, Peter. This very night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times that you even know me. Hmm. And so... The guy sometimes, the guy that's the most outspoken yeah. is also the guy that winds up doing the worst it's
1: things. It's just some impetuousness, right? Like with the idea of just so passionate, but just not fully directed. And that can be, I've seen that a lot with, especially new Christians, mm-hmm. you know, they come to faith and they're so passionate and it's awesome. I love that passion because I, I, I love mm-hmm. it kind of pouring into me and becoming passionate, but it, but can be almost an extremist sometimes. You see that here with Peter. Verse
0: 35, no, Peter insisted, even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And all the other disciples vowed the same. So they all were in agreement with Peter, but we know what happens. Verse 36, then Jesus went with them to the olive grove called Gethsemane. And he said, sit here while I go over there to pray. He took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and he became anguished and distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He went on a little further and bowed with his face to the ground, praying, My Father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. And Jesus is praying here. I mean, of course, he doesn't want to have to go through what he's about to go through. And so there's that human aspect within him that says, Man, if there's any other way for us to be able to do this, not just the physical pain of the crucifixion, though that would be tearing me up, Mm -hmm. but he knew that he was going to be undergoing this this horrible time of being separated from the Father, breaking the Trinity, that something that I don't think that we can fully understand or that we can grasp. And Jesus is saying, if there's any other way other than me having to actually suffer their condemnation in their place. I would but rather do that. I
1: love the example that he's setting here, though. You see a true heart of submission that Jesus has to the Father, that Jesus doesn't want to do something, but he says, but I will do it. If this mm-hmm. is something you want, I will do it. And do we have that? I mean, We're not talking about going to the cross. Sometimes it's just submission to a boss or it's submission to a spouse or submission to some sort of leader, and we struggle so much, but yet we see it here with Jesus. He is, he is submitting. And he's setting the example, and we follow Jesus into that submission. Mm -hmm.
0: He is the greatest example of submission. Verse 40, then he returned to the disciples and found them asleep. He said to Peter, couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. I I think we can identify with that, right? Then Jesus left them a second time and prayed, my father, if this cup cannot be taken away unless I drink it, your will be done. When he returned to them again, he found them sleeping, for they couldn't keep their eyes open. So he went to pray a third time, saying the same things again. Then he came to the disciples and said, go ahead and sleep. Have your rest. Now, there, actually, it seems like he's, he's contradicting himself. He says, go ahead have your sleep. But look, the time has come. No, I, I there's space in here. There's uh, There's space time-wise, even though you don't see it in the text. Because the writer is simply writing what happened, and then the next thing that Jesus says, which after who knows how long of a pause there was in between, Mm -hmm. then he says, but look, the time has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Up, let's be going. Look, my betrayer is here. So they look up and they see that Judas is coming along with this group of- Which would have been uh, shocking. Temple soldiers. It would have been to those disciples, Yes. And even as Jesus said this, Judas, one of the 12 disciples, arrived with a crowd of men armed with swords and clubs. They had been sent by the leading priests and elders of the people. The traitor, Judas, had given them a prearranged signal. You will know which one to arrest when I greet him with a kiss. So Judas came straight to Jesus. Greetings, Rabbi, he exclaimed and gave him the kiss. And Jesus said, my friend, go ahead and do what you have come for. Then the others grabbed Jesus and arrested him. You want to
1: pick up here, Jr.? Yeah, but one of the men with Jesus pulled out a sword. You know which man this was? <laughs> I guess. Matthew's being very kind. It's Peter. Pulls out a sword and struck the high priest's slave, slashing off his ear. I think this is a cowardly act. Because you're talking about the high priest slave, which would have been more adolescent, more more of a boy. So Peter isn't going for any of the big guys. He's not going for a soldier. He's going for one of the unarmed younger guys, slashing off his ear. Put away your sword, Jesus told him. Those who use the sword will die by the sword. Don't you realize that I could ask my father for thousands of angels to protect us and he could send them instantly? But if I did, how would the scriptures be fulfilled that describe what must happen now? And Jesus said to the crowd, Am I some dangerous revolutionary that you come with me with swords and clubs to arrest me? Why don't you arrest me in the temple? I was teaching every day there. But this is all happening to fulfill the words of the prophets as recorded in the scriptures. At that point, all the disciples deserted him and fled. Can you imagine how Jesus, how alone he felt
0: in that moment? Yeah.
1: Then the people who had arrested Jesus led him to the home of Caiaphas, the high priest, where the teachers of the religious law and elders had gathered. Meanwhile, Peter followed him at a distance and came to the high priest's courtyard. He went in and sat with the guards and waited to see how it would all end. Inside, the leading priests and the entire council were trying to find witnesses who would lie about Jesus so they could put him to death. But even though they had found many who agreed to give false witnesses, or false witness, they could not use anyone's testimony. Finally, two men came forward who declared, this man said, I would be able to, I'm able to destroy the temple and God, uh, I'm sorry, to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. So what was happening at this point is while the
0: false witnesses were coming forth, the reason they couldn't use their testimonies because they had to have two or three, two at the least preferably three, that agreed on a testimony. And these false testimonies, even though they had been paid, they came in one by one and they didn't agree on their testimony. So they finally got two that were in agreement that Jesus said this.
1: Yeah, and this is exhausting for Jesus. He's been up all night and there is and he's nothing. Alone. He's alone. And there's nothing, well, there is a lot of things worse, but there is to some degree nothing worse than just hearing false accusation against you. And this is what he's listening to all night. Then the high priest stood up and said to Jesus, well, aren't you going to answer these charges? What do you have to say for yourself? But Jesus remained silent. Then the high priest said to him, I demand in the name of the living God, tell us if you are the Messiah, the son of God. I love that Jesus remained silent there. Mm. Jesus remained silent at his trial so that he could speak up at your trial one day. Mm. Jesus replied, you have said it in the future, you will see the son of man seated in the place of power at God's right hand and coming on the clouds of heaven. And the high priest tore his clothing to show his horror and said, blasphemy, why do you need other witnesses? You have all heard this blasphemy. What is your verdict? Guilty, they shouted. He deserves to die. Then they began to spit in Jesus's face and beat him with their fists. And some slapped him jeering, prophesy to us, you Messiah who hit you that time. Meanwhile, Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard and a servant girl came over and said to him, you were one of of those with Jesus, the Galilean. Peter denied it in front of everyone. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. Later up by the gate, another servant girl noticed him and said to those standing around, this man was with Jesus of Nazareth. Again, Peter denied it, this time with an oath. I don't even know the man, he said. A little later, some of the other bystanders came over to Peter and said, you must be one of them. We can tell by your Galilean accent. Peter swore, a curse on me if I am lying. I do not know the man. And immediately the rooster crowed. Now this verse, it, can almost, it hits you just right. It says suddenly, and not just right, just wrong. Suddenly, Jesus's words flashed through Peter's mind before the rooster crows, you will deny me you even know me. And he went away weeping bitterly. In fact, another gospel writer says that at that moment, Jesus looked at Peter yeah, and what, eyes. how his heart just must have broken.
0: Yeah. And, but we can't den- deny Peter's genuineness because while he fell and we do fall, he was very sincere and he he had genuine repentance that he even felt unworthy after Jesus's resurrection. He felt unworthy to follow Jesus. That's why he went back to fishing. Yeah. And Jesus called him back and said, no, I, I called you to be fishers of men and I want you to continue on in this work. He fell, but he got back up again. Yeah. And that's that's the important thing for us yeah. is that there are gonna be some times that we're gonna feel some guilt over the things that we're we do. Mm-hmm. But he is eager to forgive. He's eager to welcome us back. But we do need to have the courage and the sincerity to repent and turn around. Yeah, we'll get into Proverbs. Proverbs twenty-seven. Yeah, Proverbs I think twenty-seven. You had a verse planned because yeah, you were in the wrong chapter I was in the wrong yesterday. Chapter
1: yesterday, Proverbs twenty-seven four. It says, "Anger is cruel and wrath is like a flood." And some of us know that. Some of us have grown up maybe in homes or with parents who really struggled with anger and just the the issues that that caused within the house. But it says, but jealousy is even more dangerous. I mean, how many people live just jealous lives? They can't get along with siblings. They struggle with people at work, maybe even struggle with a boss because jealousy just drives them and it destroys them.
0: Always looking around at what other people have, wishing they had that. And because of that, they can't enjoy all the blessings that they've been given. Yeah. And I think that describes most of us Americans pretty, pretty closely. It does
1: get rid of that jealousy.
0: All right. This has been great. It's been uh, good to be with you this week. Uh, Tomorrow was Saturday. Well, it's been a little (laughs) tough in that.
1: I'm just joking. We were talking about the betrayal (laughs) of Jesus and the trial and and all of this.
0: (laughs) <laughs> but uh, it is God's Word, and it does speak to us. Right. Uh, this has been a good week. And tomorrow's Saturday, and the next day's Sunday. Please continue reading. Get uh, stay, use, use the app that shows what your daily reading should be. Keep up with your reading, and we'll look forward to seeing you again on Monday.